pro-life. And I always say, see, my theory, here's my actual theory, beyond uh, the huge, hilarious jokes I have. <laughs> here's my real theory, though. If you're so pro-life and you're so pro-child, then adopt one that's already here that's very unwanted and very alone and needs someone to take care of it to get it out of a horrible situation. Okay? People say, well, why don't you do that? And I say, because I hate fucking kids and couldn't care less. <laughs> couldn't give a fuck. Don't care about all about abortion. It's your choice. Case closed, the end, bottom line. And by the way, a three-month-old kid in your belly is not a fucking human being. Okay? It's a bunch of little congregate cells. You're not a human till you're in my phone book. <laughs> Sick and Wrong, America's number one source for antisocial commentary. Brought to you by the Reach Around Foundation. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. One of your hosts, Dee Simon. I'm Lance Wackerly. What's up there, Wackerly? This is the uh, first show of the new year. Is it? Yeah. This is uh, the first Sick and Wrong show of 2008. You're right. We recorded the last one on New Year's Eve, but it didn't post till the next day. Yeah, so this is technically, this is the first show we've actually recorded in the new year. Yep, you're right. So, um, how was the how was New Year's Eve? Did you have a good time? Sure. Did you get really drunk? Uh, not too bad. You know, uh, some listeners sent in uh, the Dead Kennedy song, Too Drunk to Fuck, and he was like, I'm sure this is this song is for both you and Lance on New Year's Eve. And I was like, you know, it's uh, pretty funny. Appreciate the humor. I like the Dead Kennedys. But it uh, didn't hold true. Not in all cases. <laughs> <laughs> you should have sex before you go out drinking. Exactly. I think it's just as a, yeah, as, as, a, as a rule of hand, have sex before you go out so drinking. So did you make any resolutions? That was my next question to you. You know what? I don't have any major resolutions. I, I, what I'm trying to do now, and this is, I don't know how long it's going to last. I'm going to try, this is probably the fourth year I've tried to quit smoking. <laughs> so number four, it, you know, it's an even number. Year 2008, even year. I think I might be able to give up smoking this year. So I haven't smoked since yesterday. You know, there's an ad on TV that apparently if you're a turtle, it's easier to quit smoking than a rabbit. I don't really understand the ad. It's ridiculous. Turtles don't smoke. Yeah, well, uh, it smiles at the end. They get the turtle to smile because it, it quit smoking. And But the rabbit doesn't? No. So <laughs> I don't I, know why. <laughs> what, what's your New Year's resolution? Uh, I'm going to quit drinking. Shut up. <laughs> I just broke it. <laughs> Yeah, I don't no, think actually, that's going to last I am very going to stop drinking during the week. I'm only going to drink on weekends and podcast days. <laughs> You're going to stop drinking during the week? Well, it's, you know, or podcast days. We how usually record the you... podcast during the week, so you have to drink for the podcast. Dude, I'll bet you a 40 that this is going to last till maybe February. Really? Yeah. <laughs> you've, got, you've got way more hope for me than anybody else does. <laughs> When's the last time you went a week without drinking? Last week. It you wasn't a full week. Dude, what about New Year's? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a full week, but after New Year's. New Year's you, counts as a weekend day. So you went a full week without having a single drink? This uh, You're drinking with me on Friday. Friday's the weekend. <laughs> okay, now I'm talking, when did you go a full consecutive seven days without having a drop of alcohol? Um, When I was in Alaska. 
because when I the tribal village I was in, uh, don't they, they have moonshine? No, they banned alcohol. Walrus and anyways, the, even if they do, the the Eskimos aren't going to be giving me their moonshine. Wow. So uh, I wonder how long it's going to last. Is your girlfriend pushing, like, encouraging you to do this? No, I was just. My getting, girlfriend loves when I'm drunk. I just had holiday. <laughs> I just had holiday burnout. It's not a health issue. I just drank too, too much, much eggnog over the Christmas break and New Year's, and I was just like, time for a bit of a break. Yeah. Well, you know, I think it's always good. I know a lot of people out there have, uh, you know, New Year's resolutions. Everyone's all like, yeah, I'm going to exercise. I'm going to lose the gut. You know, I'm going to stop masturbating to tranny porn. I usually it lasts, I think, like two weeks. Yeah. So I'll probably start smoking again, I don't know, tomorrow. Hey, well, I don't want to discourage you, man. Well, go go right ahead, and you, you're more than welcome to smoke in front of me. No, that's all right. That's fine. But you know what? I think a New Year's resolution I, I'm going to stick to, and one that, uh, I don't know, I've, I've always kind of made this resolution every year, not to get my girlfriend pregnant. <laughs> you know what uh, made me think about this is we got an email from a Are fan Are you going to go get a vasectomy, a la Martin? <laughs> No, I'm just going to either, uh, well, we're on other forms of birth control, but I think I would probably just, you know, either use a condom or do everything within my means. The pull-out method. Prevent the egg from being fertilized. Yeah, the pull-out method, dude. That's effective. Just, if you if you do the reverse of what I'm doing and you drink enough, you'll be completely impotent. Well, you know what I kind of like is, I don't even like vaginal penetration. I just dry hump the thigh. Yeah. Dude, it's one of the most effective forms of birth control. Or an armpit. Yeah, armpit works, but how the does, thigh works good for me. How does your me. girlfriend like that? <laughs> she finds it very pleasing. <laughs> Reminds her of her pet <laughs> Rottweiler. <laughs> do you lube the thigh up first? No, I usually do it through jeans. Yeah, yeah, dry hump. Right, I guess that's why they call it dry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 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 nice. It's it's you know it's fulfilling for both of us. <laughs> <laughs> I sometimes only get to the jeans. and no pregnancy. <laughs> I sometimes only get to the jeans, but that's because I. Premature ejaculate. Which is another effective form of birth control. <laughs> yeah. Women love that, too. Then roll over and go to sleep. It's but all great. I'm saying is any way of birth control that you want to do will prevent the abortion. And that's what I'm saying. This, the intro topic for uh, episode 104 here of Sick and Wrong is abortion. And the reason we're talking about abortion is because we received an email from an ardent fan here named Keith. Keith wrote in... Um, First, I'd like to say that your podcast is amazing. Thank you, Keith, for that. We do love uh, uh, the appreciative remarks. Yeah, we love praise. I've been slowly catching up for about a year and a half now and finally got to the most recent episode. You know, that that just goes to show that this guy's normal. Because you know how when uh, people will write to us and be like, oh, I love your podcast. Listen to every single episode in like three days. Yeah. That's weird. It's odd. Yeah, it's maniacal. Anyway, um... Uh, He writes here, I finally got the most recent episode. I found a website that you guys might enjoy, abortioninstruments.com. And, you know, as a matter of fact, we did enjoy this, and we decided to devote an entire intro of a show to talk about the instruments of abortion and the act of abortion itself. These are historical abortion instruments. Yeah, but they also have current abortion instruments on this page as well. Right. So uh, he says uh, there are some fucking wicked-looking tools on there. That is not an exaggeration. Unfortunately, they aren't available for purchase. <laughs> I would love to have a few of them by the fireplace for fire pokers. They're probably antiques. You could probably get some of the stuff off eBay. I think Keith here is an aspiring home abortionist. <laughs> if you ask me, I bet you he's got one of those chairs with stirrups. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I bet you'd save a lot of money. He says, take care, guys, and uh, keep up the good work. 
by the way, you should play Cannibal Corpse's Entrails Rip from a Virgin's Cunt for the Sick and Wrong song next time. To go with the abortion instruments, he's saying? Yeah, I think it just goes well. So uh, today we're going to be talking about abortion and abortion instruments. I think a lot of people out there, I know this is kind of like a public service here for Sick and Wrong because we have a lot of you know, preteen fans. And we have an adolescent fan base. And a lot of them are getting to the point where they're reaching sexual maturity and, they, and their feelings are changing towards the opposite sex. Eventually, they're going to start having premarital sex. And we want them to be aware what will happen if uh, you get a girl pregnant. You got to suck that little bastard out of her vagina with a vacuum cleaner. Or they could just have the baby. No, you're not going to do that. <laughs> we're here. We're, we're pro-death here on Sick and Wrong. Not pro-life, not pro We're pro-death. You know, I'm skimming through this site and there's no coat hanger. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand that. I think those were actually surgical tours. Oh, tools, these are you professionally know? made. Yeah, I, okay. I love that picture, the uh, drawing of the abortionist. Look at I that. Think she looks that's like an etching or a woodcut at the bottom. Doesn't she look like Jabba the Hutt, though? Yeah, she's not an attractive portrayal of the abortionist. So, people, go check out this website, abortioninstruments.com. There are some gnarly looking tools on this website. Seriously. And, you know, reading through the names of these tools. It reminds me of like grindcore band names or like death metal band names. Like I just want to read a couple of them. Like the early cranioclast. This abortion instrument was used to crush the baby's skull so as to allow the extraction of the fetus. Kind of looks like an alligator. The Holmes perforator. Uh, this abortion instrument was involved in the extraction of the baby by collapsing the skull so you could just kind of rip the baby out of the uh, the womb. I prefer the lure cranial perforator. It's more fancy. It's got like a ivory handle and some gold-plated parts to it. <laughs> what, what do you do with that one? I'm just say, of the perforators, it's my favorite one. You perforate things. <laughs> But uh, this one here that I have here, the early cranial perforator, this instrument was used by stabbing the sharp edge into the baby's head and then cutting it apart with built-in scissors. So it's just like a knife with scissors on the end of it, just kind of rips the baby's head open or something. <laughs> is that is that how that works? I believe so. There's some pictures on here of uh, how to use this stuff, too. What about a Blot's Cephalotribe? This abortion instrument was used to crush and flatten the baby's head. I'm crushing your skull, <laughs> flathead. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really have a favorite. Oh, the Bergamini perforator is kind of I think I like the perforators better than the, you know, the chompy ones. What about the Thomas Serrated Edge Scoop? I can't find that <laughs> one. There's that too one much for? on this page. It's kind of like I mean, abortion there must be tool hundred, overload. Yeah, there's like a hundred abortion tools on there. Or the Alvard ba Basio tribe. That's like you just grab it and pull. <laughs> so what's interesting about this website, people, go check it out, abortioninstruments.com, and you can find your favorite abortion instrument. It's funny that a lot of them are named after people who must have invented the abortion instrument. It's great to have your surname attached to this uh, tool of you death. You know, like only seven out of ten women die when I use this thing. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what the problem is? This this website is – I have a couple problems with it. This is a pro – One, it's pro-life. This is a pro-life website. But the other thing is these are all – these tools are from the 1800s where they didn't have like early pregnancy tests. Where you like realize you're pregnant and, you know, the abortion it involves them taking out like the little – 
what do they call that thing? Blastosis. Well, how do they even realize that they were pregnant? Because by the back then, you realize somebody's pregnant when they like you know when they I start showing stops, signs. Of she being... stops getting her period. Maybe that's a good sign. But yeah, like I don't think the abortion back then. Dude, you'd make a to... horrible midwife. A horrible medieval doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I can leech the shit out of somebody though. <laughs> but I just get the impression that these tools are designed to take like almost a whole baby out, <laughs> not just a little like you know em- like preformed embryo. Well, I think that's why they're so gnarly looking. It's because you have this big, huge tool with like this massive like forcep like structure on the end of it with that's serrated. Right. Because yeah, it's like a like, third trimester abortion. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing, I kind of like the modified crochet because it doesn't even look like an abortion tool. It looks no, it looks like, like something a, you can make one cane. of those latch hook rug paintings. Yeah. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Uh, well, and then my other point is, like all surgical tools look disgusting, and especially from this era of time and you know the dark ages. So you're saying it's deceptive because you have these abortion instruments that are supposed to intimidate people and scare them into not getting yeah. an abortion because the they're discre- like, oh, I don't want them to right. insert that in me. But any surgical tool from that era, even from uh, the the current era, right, and is vile looking. And if this dude. It's obviously a dude who made this webpage. Am I wrong? This is like got got oh, grumpy yeah. old man written all over it. Well, what I find interesting too is where do you think he found all these tools? I mean, does he collect them? Is this <laughs> like some, his hobby? There's some awesome museum somewhere in the world. But uh, if his you know wife or daughter needed an abortion for medical reasons, like to save the mother, and they lived back in these times, they're gonna have to use these tools. And if you're so like if you're bedeviling, what's the word I'm looking for? Well, no, I mean, he's obviously, you know, making these tools appear that they're just like these evil instruments of death. Right, but it's, he's it's, maligning a, surgical, these it's term. a surgical procedure, and if it has to happen, you got to use the tools that are available. And, you know, whatever. Yeah, but they don't use these tools anymore. No, but back then, but uh, he does have a different page where he shows the tools of today and presents them in the same light. Yeah, and, and once again, you don't see a coat hanger on that page or a shop vac. No. A once dust it, buster. <laughs> once it becomes illegal, then he'll have to put up the uh, coat hangers. He does have a picture of a. Yeah, fetus once Huckabee's on president. So that's uh No, that was that like a manual vac- vacuum aspiration. And what does it do? It just kind of sucks the fetus out or something, or yeah, I think so, manually. <laughs> but yeah, as you said, they pre- present these instruments as that they're huge. I mean, first right. of all, they're like I mean, they zoom into it, so the yeah, thing looks a like high, it's like high two, resolution picture. Yeah, it looks like it's like two feet long, and yeah, it, it looks horrible. It looks like this awful, you know, evil instrument of death that's going to rip the baby's head off of its, you know, body. Well, it is. So you dismember <laughs> the fetus within the vagina, and then you rip out the pieces, like scoop out the vaginal canal. Well, that is what you well, do. Well, that's, but I mean, that's how they <laughs> but describe that's surgery. That. That's what I'm saying. That's surgery. That's uh, how it goes. As an example, here's a different web page. See my computer over here? This is, these are the tools that they use, uh, you know, in modern times for a tracheotomy. The coocher. Look at that thing. They just jam that right into your esophagus, you know, yeah, from so that neck. Know, now and that then, looks atrocious. Uh, I would be completely frightened by that. Here's See, that's uh, why you're always you're always put under before you'd even stick one of those instruments. Well, in yeah, you. or you're completely knocked out cold from the car accident you just got in. This one doesn't even have a name. It's the AS one fifteen oh two. That's the actual tube that they jam down your esophagus so it doesn't close up. Jesus, dude. Yeah, so it looks surgery like... is uh, surgery, and uh, no, this guy sur- can surgery is revolting, and that's why. Yeah, I, I think the point of this guy's website is lost on me but so anyway i was looking at this website and i was thinking you know 
I've never actually had, you know, the misfortune of experiencing an abortion. You know, obviously I'm a man, but I've never had, you know, had to have a girlfriend, you know, experience an abortion. Should knock on wood about that. But um, I was just looking through and I'm like, you know, I, w- I wonder what exactly happens when a girl has an abortion. So I typed in, you know, abortion procedure. Okay. And so I, re- I, I, I got a bunch of websites that showed up on Google and uh, there's one called abortionfacts.com. And so I'm reading about it and then I realized this is a pro-life website. And almost all these websites about abortion are pro-life. And so they describe these abortions and abortion procedure in the most graphic terms available. I mean, seriously, dude, I think the the uh, you know the lyricist from Cannibal Corpse would probably you know puke reading this because I yeah. mean it's just vile. It sounds like one of his songs. He probably actually reads these uh, definitions, uh, descriptions here of the uh, ab- abortion procedures for uh, inspiration. It's a bedtime Maybe. story to his children. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, I was looking at this website, abortionfacts.com, and uh, they actually have a helpline if you want to prank them, 1-800-395-HELP. I, was in a, I, I called them up and uh, some lady answered, but she, 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 she was trying to be nondescript. She didn't say, hey, we're the pro-life right. abortion line. <laughs> I think they yeah. want to reel you in before they like, lay out the disgusting yeah, facts. lay out the dogma. So anyway, on this website, they're saying uh, the different types of um, abortion, like in the various trimesters. One's menstrual extraction. It's a very early suction abortion, often done before the pregnancy test is positive, which I find interesting because why would you get an abortion before the pregnancy test is positive? Um, a precaution? I don't know. <laughs> well, it's the, the morning after pill. Maybe they're referring to something like that, you know, just in case. Yeah. But which I think you should that... have those in stock. Yeah, that times. description didn't sound too bad. No. Okay, so the other technique here is suction aspiration. In this method, the abortionist, and they always use that term for the doctor, right. the abortionist. Yeah, the, yeah. The abortionist must first paralyze the cervical muscle ring, the womb opening, and then stretch it open. This is difficult because it's hard or green and not ready to open. Green? Yeah, I don't understand what they mean by that. (laughs) Like a young sapling? (laughs) He then inserts a hollow plastic tube, which has a knife-like edge on the tip, into the uterus. The suction tears the baby's body into pieces. He then cuts the deeply rooted placenta from the inner wall of the uterus. The scraps are sucked out into a bottle... See color photo in the, <laughs> in the back of the book. The suction is 29 times more powerful than a home vacuum cleaner. And here's my other uh, favorite one here. The DNC, the dilation and curettage technique. This is similar to the suction procedure, except the abortionist inserts a curette, a loop-shaped steel knife, up into the uterus. With this, he cuts the placenta and baby into pieces and scrapes out the pieces into a basin. Bleeding is usually profuse and lasts up to three hours. Dude, they make it sound like this is Hellraiser or something. It sounds to me like you're making a (laughs) jack-o'-lantern. <laughs> you're gonna get all the seeds out. The <laughs> you cut you the hole in the top. Right for... <laughs> if I can get my hands on one, I'm gonna. That spoon thing doesn't work too well. Uh, they say in the uh, the second trimester in the 70s and 80s, the most common type of abortion here was a saline amniocentesis or salt poisoning. Uh, these are not used much anymore because of danger to the mother. They're done after the 16th week. A large needle is inserted through the abdominal wall of the mother and into the baby's amniotic sac. A concentrated salt solution is then injected into the amniotic fluid. The baby breathes and swallows it, poisoned. 
poisons the the, uh, fetus. It struggles, sometimes convulses. It takes over two hours to kill the baby. When successful, the mother goes into labor about one day later and delivers a dead baby. Unless you have a fish baby. Yeah, unless you have a fish baby like that can Aquaman, actually that can breathe, breathe salt in water. salt water. Yeah. Is that how Aquaman came to be? I think maybe. <laughs> it might have been. It's his little known origin. And so then uh, the uh, final technique was uh, the dilation and evacuation method. A pliers-like instrument is used because the baby's bones are calcified, as is the skull. There is no anesthetic for the baby. The abortionist inserts the instrument into the uterus, seizes a leg or other part of the body, and with a twisting motion... Tears it from the baby's body. So it's, it's, so the abortionist is dismembering the fetus while it's still inside the womb. Uh, this is repeated again and again. The spine must be snapped and the skull crushed to remove them. The nurse's job is to reassemble the body parts to be sure that all are removed. So reassemble? Now, this is, now, this <laughs> like, is from like the, on the... I get it. Yeah, I don't know if, like, uh, if, they're, if after it comes out, they kind of right. put it together like I don't a think puzzle. they're really assembling it. They're just laying it all out in sort of an orderly fashion. Well, so I'm reading this, and I was like, wow, this is a rather graphic depiction of the abortion procedure here. I had no idea it was so violent. Right. And so then I did but, a search. But, I mean, think about it. Just listening to that, I'm picking out words like crush and tear. I think if you read a medical document, they have other words for that type of activity. Well, then I, then I was like, you know what? I need to find the you know converse of this. So I, I did a search for Planned Parenthood yeah. and looked on their website. And there's a whole website about when abortions are performed. It said most abortions in the United States, 90% are provided in the first trimester. Fewer than 10% take place in the second trimester. Uh, But after 24 weeks of pregnancy, abortions are performed only for serious health reasons, contrary to what the pro-lifers might say. And for the uh, procedures on Planned Parenthood's website, it says um, usually in the beginning, I guess your clinician will give you a dose of either mifepristone or methoxtricate, (laughs) which I guess are two drugs that... uh, I don't know if they, I think what they do is they stimulate the, soften the cervix and cause the uterus to contract and empty. So what happens is I think it's just, it forces a miscarriage. Okay. So what, that's what usually what they do. It's just purely, they give you a pill and that all happens? Give you a pill and you have a miscarriage. Wow. Which uh, seems pretty Modern easy. Science. Worry-free. Is that the morning after pill? I think that is the morning after pill. Okay. Cause they, but I, I thought you can get a morning after, but isn't that over the counter? I think they wanted it to be, but it never worked out. What happens if a guy took the morning after pill? Worst diarrhea ever. <laughs> so I think Taco Bell is my morning after pill. Uh, and then there's also vacuum aspiration, which empties the uterus with a gentle suction of a handheld suction device or with a machine-operated suction. When it's performed with a manual suction device, it's sometimes called manual vacuum aspiration. Um, it's also called dilation and suction curettage or DNC when it's with a, uh, performed with a machine-operated suction. A tube's inserted into the cervix, a handheld suction device is in there, and a separate curette may be used to help remove the tissue that lines the uterus. So apparently uh, they say here that the abortion takes about 10 minutes, the whole procedure. And what are the other websites It's painless. Say? Uh, it says it takes three hours. <laughs> it says it's painless, and uh, usually the, women, the women are put under. So the women are put under, they can't even feel it, they wake up, no pregnancy. Right. If you ask me, go to Planned Parenthood, don't go to the pro-life abortionist, because it sounds painful. <laughs> First of all, you're not going to get an abortion from the pro-life abortionist. And they just trick you into, like, you know, going to a, what do you call it? They'll trick like you into having for, the kid. Or a home for uh, wayward girls to have the baby. 
And then to raise the kid, and then you're going to bring up another pro-lifer into the world, and yeah. they're probably going to go bomb an abortion clinic where women are actually having the fetuses aborted so they can go on and have a successful life. Yeah. You know? So, uh, a legitimate wha- child. Wackerly, have you ever actually had to experience anything of this nature? Uh, no, I haven't. You know, we- I use condoms. <laughs> <laughs> you don't use any other kind of birth control? Nope. But you use condoms? You've always used condoms? Always. Wow. So uh, I there, don't trust anybody. There it is, kids. Wackerly is almost 33 years old. Never got a girl pregnant using condoms. So I think <laughs> I also, you should... I think we already mentioned that I drink a great deal. So I could be shooting blanks. <laughs> yeah, you know, I bet you that's probably it. I bet you you're shooting pure Mickeys. Think of all the, <laughs> all the money I'm wasting on condoms. <laughs> hey, you probably don't even need it. <laughs> you can make a really drunk baby. I'll report back next week and see if that works out. So, people, this is episode uh, 104 here of Sick and Wrong. And a quick recap for uh, episode 103. Uh, last week, I think I did a story. This is our New Year's show. I did a story about a uh, prank caller who called in to a clinic, and uh, they administered shocks to his uh, two delinquent friends. A wackily did a story about a pedophile yard sale. And a listener sent in a story about Mortal Kombat for Kids. Uh, basically, uh, these two teens that killed their sibling using Mortal Kombat moves. Uh, I ended up winning this uh, podcast here with 84 votes. You came in with 34, and the listener came in with 72. Dude, people don't think pedophiles are all that sick. No, you know what it is? Nobody remembers Mortal Kombat. (laughs) That game was too old, and so the story did not seem relevant to kids today. Yeah, that could be. I don't know. But the pedophile yard sale, I don't think people were that frightened by it. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. I was confused there. Yeah. The pedophile yard sale was my story, right? Yeah. The pedophile yard sale was the one that you did, <laughs> and you came in with Mortal 34. Combat. Oh, yeah. Well, I didn't think that one was going to get too many votes. No, it just, the, it just amused me. Yeah, it was amusing. But the, <laughs> and the, the Mortal Kombat for kids, though, I, I kind of thought that was it was it was a tough call. It, it came close, but I think people were like you know impressed by the prank call. If I didn't vote for my own story, I would have voted for Mortal Kombat. Yeah. You you vote? No. Yeah, I don't either. People, you know the way sick and wrong works. Uh, Wackerly and I comb the internet for the most disturbing news item of the week. We present them here on the show. Audience votes. Winner gets a case of beer. We throw in a wild card with a listener's submission. You're invited to send in your own submission to sickandwrongpodcast at hotmail.com. Uh, to start off episode 104, I believe you're up, Wackerly. I started last week. So uh, wh- what do you have here? I have a story from Southern California, February 2003, a little while back here. It's been a while since we've done a California story, although didn't California win the most sick and wrong state? Yes, but uh, actually I don't remember if that's true. It was either number one or number two, but we do a lot of stories from California because we live here. here, And it's the most popular state. Yeah. Um, In February of 2003, Donald Luis Cooper... (laughs) Age 32, and his girlfriend, Shawnee Marie Helm, who was 30 at the time, were working for all-county transportation. Uh, all-county transportation's job is to drive bodies around from morgues to hospitals and that sort of thing. Dead so this, bodies. So this is in San Bernardino? Is San Bernardino, yes. Where, where is San Bernardino? Is that outside of L.A.? It's uh, Well, that's kind of where the 
World of Podcraft convention was. Okay, that that wasn't that that was in uh, what, what part of California was that in? There was it's a... like east of LA, the uh, you know going up towards the desert, uh, that sort of. So area. if you're working for a morgue though, that area you'd probably be quite busy. Not as busy as you'd deaths. be in an Oakland. Yeah. yeah, probably a lot of people being blown up. It's in a quite meth populous, so I'm assuming there's probably a lot of companies to do this. But yeah, somebody's got to take the body from you know the morgue to the funeral home, that sort of deal. So this guy isn't even a mortician. He's just a guy that picks up bodies. He works bodies. for all county transportation, and for some reason he had his girlfriend with him. So any job where you can just like ride around and bring your girlfriend along is not a job I want. <laughs> I just think it's funny that she's like, oh, sweet, you can go pick up dead bodies? I'll yeah. come with you. Right. Well, they were probably high on meth at the time. So yeah. who knows what was going through their head. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, well, they picked up uh, a girl, Robin Gillette, or Gillette. I don't know. How you, it looks like Gillette to me. And she was four years old, but dead. Um, so not any aging any longer. <laughs> she was four years old and would be that age for all eternity. How'd she die? Um, they think she had a bad case of the flu, which I didn't know people still died from that. But apparently we haven't progressed too far past when they were using these medieval abortion instruments. Well, she's lucky she didn't get aborted. Yeah. Um, well, uh, the security cameras at the morgue when he went to uh, pick this girl up uh, captured him sexually assaulting the body of this four-year-old dead girl. Oh, Jesus. Uh, his girlfriend served as a lookout. I don't know why she would agree to that, but maybe so, there's some goth, uh, you know, sensibilities going th- on. This or brings something. up some issues here. They watched one too many Tim Burton movies together. <laughs> the Corpse Bride, you know. But right. you know, this brings up some issues. A is he cheating on his girlfriend? By having sex with a dead four-year-old girl. No, it's more like masturbation. <laughs> it's more like masturbation, right? Because it's just him. Oh, okay, and because some, he's uh, dead. Uh, an object. All right. Well, how about question number two? Is would this be considered menage a trois? Being that the girlfriend was in the same room. No, because she's not involved. She was serving as a lookout. She might not even be been able to see them. She might have been like at the door or on the corner. Okay, question number three. Why would a girl date a guy who would have sex with a dead four-year-old girl? Well, when you listen to the story, you think that this guy's 32 and, like, maybe she's just some 16-year-old dipshit. You know, like I said, some weird club goth kid. I think it's the power of meth. But she's 30. She's 30 years Oh, yeah, she's 30 years old. he's 32. It's not like there's some big age difference and she's just enamored of this older man. They're like our age. Right. They're old enough to know better. I think they're just degenerates. Or maybe he didn't really tell her what he was going to do. And he just said, go look out while I, I got to take care of something back here. I, I don't know. I blame this on pro-lifers because both of them should have been aborted. Everybody in this story should have been <laughs> aborted. Not, you know, not to say anything against the four-year-old girl, but she wouldn't have had to experience any of this pro- these problems. Yeah, she wouldn't have had to have her, her corpse raped. I think he told his girlfriend, hey, go look out by the door because I'm going to go slam some speed in the back <laughs> with all these dead bodies. Um, and then he got horny and was right. like, oh, yeah, you know. Right. Or he probably was always going to you know never mind (laughs) (laughs) but do you think the thing is though the guy works for this company that picks up corpses brings them back to the funeral home he's probably done this before yeah well that's what we all whenever somebody gets caught for this or raping a a coma patient this isn't the first time they've ever done that or having sex with a barnyard animal it's never gonna no it was never the first time so could you imagine can you imagine how bad your luck would be (laughs) You know, you're already really apprehensive, like, 
I really want to do this, but I just, oh, you know, this, I this shouldn't is not do a it. good idea. I've it's never like that done moral before. quandary. It's a slippery slope. Once I do this, <laughs> it's going to just lead to bigger things. And then you're like, fuck it, I'm going to try it. You like work up all your courage and then you get caught. That would suck. Yeah, that would suck. That'd be some bad luck. But you know, could you imagine being this guy's supervisor being like, <laughs> well, uh, Jimbo, we're going to have to let you go. You've been fucking the, uh, you know, prepubescent corpses. Yeah, I saw the tape, though. Nice cock. <laughs> Very thick. I don't want to see the genitalia of any of my coworkers ever. Yeah, as far as this tape, it sounds like it would have been YouTube material. Here's the thing, though. This story's not... The, the weird strangeness of the story isn't over because... Uh, he was caught on tape, complete incontrovertible proof that this is what he was doing, but he was not charged with necrophilia because it wasn't illegal at the time in the state of California. He so pleaded, wait, this, this happened how many years ago? It's five years ago. He pleaded guilty to mutilating grave remains, and it's not really certain that he mutilated the body. I mean, maybe he has a very small penis. Dude, so up to 2002, we could have been fucking corpses and we, well, up to two, up to February of two thousand three. So up to February of two thousand three, we could have been violating corpses with impunity. Apparently, yes. I mean, there's other smaller. God, did I hate missed opportunities? But look, though, there's smaller charges because you could be. He was uh, found guilty of mutilating grave remains, but all he got was a suspended two year prison sentence. If he kept his nose clean for five years of his probation, he wouldn't have to serve any additional jail time beyond the time he spent. Waiting for trial. So I assume he couldn't bond out. Oh, okay. So he couldn't bond out of it, but he spent time so he in spent prison some time waiting in jail for trial. While he was waiting to go to trial because nobody could, you know, his <laughs> trashy girlfriend couldn't come up with a thousand bucks to <laughs> pay the bondsman to get him out. Um, but, however, that, that's what would happen if he kept his nose clean. He wouldn't have to spend any more time in jail. But apparently it didn't work out that way. Because uh, on December 3rd, just earlier, you know, about a month ago, deputies were called to a house uh, down in Victor Avenue in Hesperia, which is in San Bernardino. Witnesses had spotted three small children playing in the street outside. (laughs) I don't know why you'd call the cops about that, but anyways. Um, When the cops got there, they found the children's mother, Angel Rice, age 27, inside, along with her five children ranging from ages from 2 to 10 years old. In total, there were seven children, four adults, and 31 animals in the the three-bedroom home. Holy shit, And one of the uh, adults was obviously this this Cooper guy. Do they say what kind of animals? No, they don't, but I I assume it's nothing strange or they would mention it, right? So it must be dogs and cats and maybe a bird or something. Hamsters. Um, in all, the uh, premises were found to be extremely unsanitary and uninhabitable. Uh, well, there were people living there, so it was habitable. <laughs> it yeah. just wasn't acceptable, I think. Well, uninhabitable really to say. a normal person. Right. Uh, according to a sheriff's department news release, um, it was full of trash and feces and just, you know, generally disgusting, they say. Uh, one of the four adults, like I said, was Cooper. He's now 37 and now dating this woman, Angel Rice, who has the five kids. Uh, he was charged with seven counts of willful cruelty to a child with the possibility possibility of injury or death, but those charges were dismissed, and he pled no contest to a single count of cruelty to animals. And so, so once again, he gets 
off on a, a more serious charge and pleads down to some like, yeah, mitigating circumstances. Right. But what my question is here. So what about the existing charge of the mutilated grave remains? That's the thing, because this is within his five year probationary period. Uh, but it's now been violated because he fucked up. Uh, and his two-year prison sentence has been reinstated. Uh, not, you know, it's it's going to be full-on prison. He's got to go there. However, <laughs> once again, because he can't afford bail or a bondsman to pay his bail, uh, he's getting credit for the 351 days he served in the past. Dude. Plus, you know, that I think that's the total of the days he served before when he was accused for the, the kid rape, kid corpse rape. And now he served some time for this one waiting around in jail. And uh, it seems that I'm going to have to do the math here, but um, he only has like 300, well, basically one more year to actually serve in jail. So you know what the sick and wrong aspect of this article is? Is the fact that this fuck has been able to slip through the system Yeah. so many times that he has a year to go in jail, which if you think about it, jail seems preferable to his home. Yeah. You know, I don't think jail is as squalid as his home. Yeah, at least they hose down your cell every once Yeah, I mean, at least he's not knee-deep in animal feces, <laughs> you know, surrounded by all these, like, mewling infants yeah. that aren't even his. I don't even think they're his children. So, and obviously, you knew this was coming. There's a state assemblywoman, which state senators and state representatives are, like, the pinnacle of politicians. I don't know if you have any feelings about that but it's like one step above a librarian i think well this uh, woman sharon runner she's all hot and bothered now and she's gonna get um necrophilia banned and like you know stricter sentences necrophilia banned in the well necrophilia is banned in california now it's a punishable uh, offense right well she sponsored the legislation that made that happen it's unclear from this article whether that's been in place since his previous thing, or whether she's just trying to still fucking whore herself out for news based on these tragic stories. I probably don't have to ask. Is this guy a white guy? I think so. Cooper? Yeah, it sounds like, it sounds like he probably name. is a white guy. I mean, I, I don't know. I think, I think I saw a picture. I, I think I might have saw a picture of this article, and the guy like kind of looked like a Hesher. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah. It so, sounds like a Hesher car. But, you know, I mean, my whole thing I is... I think this, this guy listens to death metal, slams a lot of speed... And, you know, it's just a degenerate. Yeah. You know, so on the sick and wrong star scale, I'm going to have to give this four stars at least because he did violate a girl's, a four-year-old girl's corpse. And for some reason, that's much worse than violating like a 14-year-old girl's corpse. But the (laughs) fact that he did that and slipped through the system. Yeah, four-year-old girl. And he slipped through the system again. And then he was like endangering the welfare of other children and then slip through the system again, it's at least four stars. I bet you he's going to not have a good time in jail, though. If they send him to maximum security. Because he looks like he has pretty hair. <laughs> yeah, but it's kind of... Have you ever been to prison before, though, actually? <laughs> you know what it sounds to me, though? At least he can... It's kind of a badass offense to be like, so what are you in for? Mutilated grave remains. Um, if you don't tell the, your cellmate how old the, the corpse was. Yeah, that's true. Because if the guy has a four-year-old daughter, you're just your ass is going to be perforated. Yeah, you're going to be perforated. You're, they're probably going to just use their penis like one of those abortion instruments. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to be pretty. <laughs> just dismember your rectum, right? With they're a little scrape scissors out the inside of your colon. <laughs> Carve a jack o' lantern out of your asshole. So, uh, what, what do you give this? Four, four stars. Yeah, all right. It's victimless crime, really. <laughs> <laughs> what about the corpse? It's not a person. <laughs> 
Dude, I don't know. So you don't think a fetus is a person? You don't think a corpse is a person? The animals, I don't give a What's fuck a person? about either. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see what the listening audience has to say. Go vote. Sickandwrongpodcast.com. Well, here's my article here for episode 104. Um, a few listeners sent this in, and I'm actually claiming squatter's rights because, well, I'm on the host of the show and I can do that. It's when the little power that I can actually wield. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this happened in um, Florida, of all places. Surprise, surprise. Which I actually thought that would be the state with the most sick and wrong crimes. But uh, apparently it's not as large as California. So we have more here. Yeah, we really need to boil those statistics down to a per capita ratio of stories. I bet you the um, McCuck will probably do that. <laughs> the, I mean, it sounds like they have enough free time. It might be busy busy time for the McCuck company. This, this might be their busy season. Yeah, it we is haven't quarter heard from one, lately. isn't it? A uh, man arrested after allegedly burning toddler with hot oil and a blow dryer. An Apopka toddler was hospitalized after his mother's boyfriend allegedly abused him, causing severe burns and a spine fracture. Where the hell is Apopka? It's somewhere in Florida. <laughs> I think it's southern Florida, but I'm not quite sure. <laughs> the 17-month-old boy had second-degree burns on his genitals, back, chest, and head after Darlan Toussaint, 24 years old, used a blow dryer to burn him until his skin peeled off. What kind of oil did he put on the kid? <laughs> Apparently, he was cooking with hot oil. The kid was screaming. He poured the hot oil on the kid and then, I guess, tried to maybe get the oil off with a blow dryer, but that just, like, peeled the kid's skin off. Right. So if you ask me, he was the flaying kid. the infant. He broasted the kid with the hair dryer. Well, is it broasting or is it boiling? <laughs> I don't know. Is broasting even a word? Wasn't well, that what boiling. they do at Boston Market? It's not boiling. That's, well, he did. that's a rotisserie. <laughs> Well, how do they do it at Kentucky Fried Chicken? They fry That's the chicken. Frying. No, I think it maybe is close because when they do the rotisserie chicken at Boston Market, <laughs> so this would be rotisserie I think they baby. Coat, they coat the chicken with oil and then it's under like a hot lamp, which is the equivalent of a hair dryer. Of the hair dryer. Right. So you're saying he's broasted? Yeah. So rotisserie baby. Well, maybe. except he didn't get put on a spike. <laughs> <laughs> well, not yet. So Toussaint here was babysitting his girlfriend, Marlita Stokes' two children at the couple's home. Um, the other child was actually not hurt. Apparently, uh, then the, the kid was screaming. He poured the oil all over the kid, used a blow dryer to burn him until the kid's skin started peeling off in his genital region, his back, and his arms. Toussaint then called his girlfriend Stokes while she was at work and told her the boy may have hurt himself. May being the operative word. <laughs> Two hours later, Toussaint picked Stokes up at work, and they took the child to her mother's home. And the three adults then took the child to the hospital. So you know what kind of... The, the kid is still living at this point? Yeah, the kid is still living. He had skin peeling off his arms, his legs, his back, and his genitals. He brings him over to his girlfriend. Two hours later, they take the kid. So I'm picturing the kid to look like the dude in Hellraiser. You know well, the guy? you got to let the kid rest. <laughs> dude, how's he going to rest when he doesn't have any skin? It's a cooking. He broasted him, for Christ's sake. It's a cooking sake. term. When you broil something, you're not supposed to eat it right when it comes out. <laughs> you let, let it, it rest. Let it rest. So the skin juices. thickens. <laughs> right. It's hot. You can't just grab it right out of the oven. 
<laughs> so uh, apparently at the hospital, they, they treated the child, and then they immediately called the authorities. Initially, Toussaint here, the perpetrator, told police he was cooking with oil when the child reached up, pulled the pan off the stove, and was burned. But then later, he changed his story and said the boy was pissing him off, so he poured oil all over him and was frustrated because he was whining. So I don't understand. What do you believe? Do you think the oil was hot before it was poured on the child? Well, I wonder, what was he cooking with oil? I think... Do poor people think he oiled everything? The, I think he oiled the kid up like you would a chicken with cold <laughs> oil. And then he, you know, and then he went after him with the blow dryer. Why wouldn't he bread the kid then? You mean stuff? No, no, okay. So when you, you are cook, uncle- okay, I, I'm a fucking stop. vegetarian. You're a fucking vegetarian. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. When you fry a chicken, like you're thinking like KFC, <laughs> it's a big pot of oil, and you submerge the chicken in it. Boston Market, there's different ways of cooking. Yeah, but don't you... In, where okay. you coat something with oil, and then you just put it in a hot oven. And you spin it around. Or you can spin it around, or you can just leave it in there, and maybe you take okay, one of those turkey how do you bread the, How do you bread the chicken? Don't you dip it in you some, mean you before put it in you oil fry it? before you fry it? Yeah, you get like some type of a meal, like flour or cornmeal, and some egg, and you wet the kid down with egg, and then you roll him around. And, well, and then see, you roll that's what I think Darlan here was trying to do with the kid. But there was no bread. I think he was trying to make fried chicken. <laughs> it's a baby, and there was no breading. Yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> so you think it was a rotisserie, rotisserie baby. Right. All right, that, make, that might make sense. So apparently he changed his story a third time. When police asked if they could have the frying pan, he changed his story again and said he shook the child violently and then used a blow dryer to burn the boy after becoming frustrated. He also told police he used his <laughs> fist to smash the boy's face, chest, and back. So I think the third story was the most incriminating. He should have stuck with the begin the first story. He said, you know, the kid he was cooking with oil. The kid knocked the pan over and fried himself. Yeah, he should have wrote that on his hand or something. So he didn't get his story mixed up. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we're does doing. He break, does he break out the hair dryer whenever he gets angry? Like if he's having problems with his computer, he just I, blow dries it. I, I, if he, you know. <laughs> If I don't know, his car is not running well. He b- blow dries the, blow the, uh, the the dashboard. He's up. arguing with his girlfriend. Yeah, blow dryer to the face. You know, I don't know. I don't he's know doing his works. tax returns. He's blow drying the tax returns. I, I don't know. Maybe he's a hairdresser. So Tucson here is not the child's father. Was arrested and charged with attempted murder. So being that this kid virtually was a Kentucky Fried Baby. Florida fried baby. Florida fried baby. Florida fried baby and FFB, uh, the other white meat. I'm going to have to give this a five star. I mean, the kid's skin was burned off. No, I'm not giving it five. The kid's skin was burned off. What if the kid died? They say that, but I mean, do they even talk about skin grafts or anything like that? Or is this like a blister that he has? I don't know. The way I picture it, he looked like lasagna. Just I don't think the facts. In. Yeah, but that's your imagination. I don't think the facts of the article justify a five. So what do you think? It was just like a little welt. I think it could be a couple welts, some some blisters, some blistering skin. You know, seventeen month old. 
Have you ever stayed out in this? Well, you don't go in the sun, but sometimes you go in the sun and you get a bad sunburn and then all your skin flakes off and you peel off like huge chunks of it. Could just be like that. Dude, the kid that had said, hot oil poured on his head. Right, but it's just a hair dryer. It's not like you stuck him in a 450 degree oven. What are I'm you giving, giving it? A, I'll give it a four. A four star. Yeah, I don't think it's a three, but it's not a five. I don't know, dude. The if four- there was a picture of the kid, maybe a five. You see the picture of the guy. He kind of looks like Buckwheat from Little Rascals. He does. He looks like Buckwheat from Little Rascals. Same kind of hair. hair. Yeah, same kind of hair. Well, we'll see what the listening audience has to say about that. Well, the listener submission here this week came from Jeff in New Hampshire. He says, what's up, Dan Lance? Catching up on the podcast. I guess he's like down with the hipster terms. Yeah, yo, 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 what's up, Jeff? (laughs) Yo, 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 what's going on? Jeff in New Hampshire. (laughs) Catching up on the podcast, and they've definitely gotten more gross as time goes on. I thought we were becoming a little more clean, you know, a little more tame. tame. Didn't you think so? Uh, I'd have to go back and listen to them all, which I'm not going to do. Yeah, same with me. Um, Definitely gotten more gross as time goes on. Hopefully that will be compounded by the article that I'm sending you. You actually did a story some time ago around Podcast 71 or so where a man fell into a fish tank and they had to cut through the fecal matter sludge to get him out. I remember the story. It wasn't like a personal fish tank. It was like a fish farm fish tank. Yeah, I think this was one of your stories. He says, I know the exact place you're talking about. Australis Aquaculture aquaculture in Turner Falls, Massachusetts. I worked there for two weeks a few summers ago when I was still doing public accounting work for Ernst & Young. I've heard of that company. That would just suck. Doesn't that job <laughs> just sound shitty? Yo, 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 what's up, Jeff? The CPA in New Hampshire. <laughs> I was hanging out with accounts receivable, motherfucker. Um, I probably walked over the same spot on my tour where the guy fell in. Creepy stuff. Anyway, check out this article. Maybe you can use it for the next episode. It's got the obvious sick elements, but I think it's made even more wrong by the guy's behavior, not after the act he performed, but during it. Smell you later and up the irons. Big Maiden fan, and it seems you guys are as well. Did you get ticks for the shows at the L.A. Lakers Arena in March? You know, I didn't even know Maiden was on tour again. No, but last time I saw them with we, you. It was uh, Motorhead and Dio. Um, Remember that in Concord? Yeah, we missed Dio, which I wasn't too sad about, but they sounded yeah. really good. And that was, what, like three years ago? Yeah, it was it was pretty cool. Although I noticed Bruce Dickinson changed his look. He's not wearing that like see he was you remember how he used to wear those jumpsuits like like unitard? Yeah. And now he's like wearing jeans and like the cut off jean vest. Yeah, he cut his hair short too. Yeah, no, it, but it, it's still a good show. So uh, Jeff sent in this article here, which apparently a lot of listeners sent this article. We received this from like seven different listeners, but Jeff was the first person to send it in. Uh, apparently, there's a cannibalism suspect. Um, and this uh, article took place, I believe it was in Florida as well, which is funny because uh, Florida just seems like the hotbed for just sick and wrong stories. It says, cannibalism suspect said, God told me to do it. Sheriff officials say the man accused of murdering his girlfriend, mutilating her body, and possibly participating in cannibalism is telling investigators that God told me to do it. Isn't that always the case? You can blame God because God's not going to say anything, you know, back to you. God's not going to prove you otherwise. Right. Um, Smith County Sheriff here, Lieutenant Larry Wingington, said that uh, Christopher Lee McEwen, 25 years old, is now saying he was instructed by God to kill 21-year-old Jonna Shearer over the weekend, mutilate her corpse, and then cook parts of her flesh. 
Uh, Sheriff Smith... Sheriff Smith said that investigators found Shearer's body with chunks of flesh cut out, one ear boiling in a pot of water on the stove, and a plate of human flesh with a fork on the kitchen table at McEwen's home. Cooked human flesh? Cooked human flesh. <laughs> Why do you have... Who boils one ear? You know, I don't understand. Maybe he did, he was confused as to how to cook it. I Maybe mean, if he, he had you in his house, you yeah. could tell him, well, if you're going to cook rotisserie <laughs> flesh here, put the oil on, spin it in the oven. And it mentions that pieces of flesh were cut out. I mean, does it say which pieces he cut out? Besides it just said chunks of flesh cut out. <laughs> and one ear boiling. He didn't know what he was doing. No, I don't think so either. Officials said that McEwen killed the woman by beating her in the head with a blunt object after abducting her from uh, her apartment. But her, he put her body in the backseat of his extended cab pickup, drove to his estranged wife's home. Believe it or not, this guy was actually married, where he stabbed her boyfriend multiple times, ran from police, broke into a tire business, and then finally went to his mother's house. A tire business? Yeah, tire business. Uh, then he went to his mother's house where he asked her to come and look what he had done. <laughs> Explain his course of action to me because I just find it really confusing. I can't, and I'm assuming this article doesn't tell you. Like, every question that everybody would want to ask is not It's never covered in an article. No. But I don't, I why, think the did he, facts, why did he grab this girl? Because God made him do it. Why didn't he grab his ex-wife? You know, I don't understand that. I think this was his girlfriend. Why did he show his mom? I don't know. I can't even explain that. Why did he? Didn't he call the cops? Well, but you know who? I feel empathy, or I feel sympathy here for the boyfriend because the boyfriend. Stabbed. Yeah, well, the boyfriend's like, you know, I didn't know your ex was a psycho. You know, he probably did. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, maybe, maybe she was cheating on him or something. So he's like, he went over there to kill them both, and she yeah. wasn't home, so right. he killed the boyfriend. So apparently, McEwen's mother and her husband fled from the scene and contacted police about the same time McEwen himself called the sheriff's office and told the dispatcher that he killed his girlfriend and was cooking and eating parts of her. So apparently <laughs> he called and turned himself in. Now, this is what I don't get. Is the, did the call go like this? Ring, ring. 911. <laughs> oh, man. I can't believe what I did. I just I went crazy. I stopped taking my meds. You got to come over here. I'm really sorry. Or did it go like this? Ring, ring. <laughs> Hello, 911. Hey, I'm just over here eating my girlfriend that I just cooked up. Y'all want to come over and check it out? Uh, what about the third alternative here with a bunch of food in his mouth? <laughs> hey, what's up? <laughs> this is fucking good. I'm I just eating here right now. I just boiled up my girlfriend's titties. Y'all want to come over and get some? I deep fried them just like D. Simon told me to. <laughs> you know, I'm not quite sure until they actually maybe put the uh, start spreading the 911 call on the internet, which would on be YouTube. nice. Yeah, it's YouTube material. But what I find funny about this story is that, so he went to his mother's house, and I guess that's where he was cooking up the flesh, and he called his mom and was like, hey, mom, look what I did, and showed, <laughs> him, showed them the corpse that had pieces cut out of it. Right. Hey, mom, where do you put that big pot? <laughs> no, the really big one. <laughs> You got no, any not the medium foil? one, the big one, the big pot. Mom, you got any tinfoil? You know, remember how big my ex-girlfriend was? <laughs> <laughs> that big. He was arrested after a brief standoff at his mother's home. There's always got to be a standoff. Right. But you, he called the cops. So what the hell is he doing standing off to anybody? I think this guy probably should have shot himself in the head. Yeah. Because uh, he's going gonna... Or put his head in the oven. <laughs> Uh, Wingington, the sheriff here, said that when questioned, McEwen claims he remembers going to several places after he killed his girlfriend. But when asked if he killed his girlfriend or stabbed his estranged wife's boyfriend, he says he suffered blackouts and doesn't remember anything. 
which is probably the best defense he could even have. Yeah. Was he drunk? I bet you he was High on, on PCP. PCP. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. It's like, you know, if a white guy goes and rapes a four-year-old girl's corpse, high on speed. Right. If a black guy goes and kills his girlfriend, chops her up, and starts cooking different parts and of her. And it doesn't remember half It doesn't it. remember anything. PCP. PCP. Yeah. Definitely. So on the sick and wrong star scale, I guess a woman was murdered, dismembered, and uh, parts of her, I think, were eaten by this man. I'm giving this a five star. I'll five star that one. You'll five-star this one, too? You think this is worse than boiling a baby alive? This baby, he's going to be permanently disfigured. We don't know how disfigured the baby is, and he wasn't boiled alive. He's still alive, (laughs) and he wasn't boiled. (laughs) He was heat-lamped, basically. Oh, I got to say, you're too lenient there, Wackily. Well, we see what the uh, we will see what the sick and wrong audience has to say about this. Go vote, sickandwrongpodcast.com. You can decide who won episode 104. Hey, sick and wrong fags. This is Kinky Pamela from Chicago. Wishing you a happy new year in 2008. Well, actually, we're running out of time. And uh, real quick, I want to get through uh, some listener email. Also mention uh, we received a phone call to the sick or wrong. Actually, several phone calls. Only one that we're going to play on the show today. The others were not worthy. <laughs> Dude, I don't even want to put the other ones on there. They're racist and they're offensive. And then and the other ones are completely like unintelligible. So you can't even hear it. Right. So the sick if wrong... you can, call from a landline, because the recording is already shitty, and if your t- cell phone sucks... Yeah, just, we're not going to be able to hear it. You can't yeah. even hear it. So feel free to call the sick and wrong junk dial line. 206-666-3846 is the number. And uh, yeah, we received a call here, like the one intelligible call that we received. I don't even remember the guy's name, but let's, let's play the, let's play the uh, call here. All right, here we go. Hi, guys. Long time listener, first time call. Jonathan from Tampa. I've listened to you guys since like episode 50. I've taken the gay rape stories, the mass murders, the hangings and mutilations and cannibalisms in prison, uh, the families locking their retarded children in closets and suffocating to death. But as soon as you mention the menstrual painting with women in their own blood, I tapped out. Uh-huh. I had to fast forward to that. I couldn't take it. I listened to the last episode, especially with the guy. So he's referring to the painting with menstrual blood intro that we did probably like three podcasts ago. The Luna Cup. That wasn't even a story. It was just an intro, right? Yeah, we were talking about the Diva Cup and the people that were painting the Star Wars paintings with their menstrual blood. The Wookiees and Ewoks and Yodas of you know, the world. I, I thought that was kind of innocuous. I didn't, did you find that that revolting? I think we've talked about much worse things on this show. I think this guy has a special place in his heart for uh, menstruation. <laughs> It could be, but you, you know what, though? Everyone has their breaking point. I think it's completely subjective. And for this guy, menstrual blood apparently hit that soft spot in him, and he was like, you know what? I'm, I'm done. i got to fast-forward through it. I think everyone right. has their, their breaking point. His, it hit his skeeve Except button. Except for me and you, apparently. It hit his skeeve button. His skeeve button. He skeeved out. <laughs> All right, you want to listen to yeah, the rest? Yeah, let's just play the rest of it here. ...against the fucking tree. But when they talked about painting in their own PMS blood. I said I couldn't do it. And that's the first time that had... PMS has nothing to do with the blood. <laughs> Did he say PMS blood? PMS blood. <laughs> PMS is what happens before the blood comes. But so, anyways. May, so what, are you implying here that maybe this guy has actually never been with a woman? 
Maybe he might be a stud. He just doesn't know anything about the equipment. <laughs> and maybe he doesn't need to, you know? Maybe he just has sex with a different hot chick from the bar every night and never has to deal never with to deal going with... to the Walgreens and buying the tampons. He never has to deal with PMS. Of like, baby, I need aspirin. Right. Like, you know, Can it's you all the afternoon. Can you give me some chocolate and maxi pads? <laughs> I need some ice cream now. Yeah, you know, this guy's probably the fortunate man. I gotta say, props to you, because it takes a shitload to get me to, you know, to that point. But as soon as that PMS blood Picasso came out, you guys won. Keep up the good work. Looking forward to the next show. Bye. So it was the PMS blood, as he calls it, <laughs> that was his ski button. Well, I wonder how he'll feel about the abortion stuff. <laughs> I don't know, dude. Apparently, he has issues with the uh, women's anatomy here. The vagine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Well, it's good that we can impart our, I don't know, our knowledge here about the uh, female anatomy. <laughs> our wealth of knowledge about uh, menstrual blood. But, you know, I'm kind of surprised because, I mean, we had a few people that wrote in and was like, oh, that's gross. You know, painting with menstrual blood is gross. Uh, my own girlfriend was like, you know, I had a diva cup at one point. It's not that big of a deal. It just didn't feel, it didn't work as well for me. But she didn't paint with the, she didn't save it up and make finger paints with it, did she? No, she didn't, which is nice. But, um, but no, I mean, most people, I don't think, uh, you know, it elicited that type of reaction in them as it did with this guy. But, um, you know, apparently I think everyone has their uh, ski button. Well, thanks for calling in there, uh, Tampa, Florida guy. And uh, feel free to call in again, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to sicken you in the future. Sure. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think that's kind of what we do. Uh, we got another email here from uh, a, woman who, a woman who actually used a diva cup, and so she wrote in in response to that episode as well. She says, hey, D and Lance, I know that my email is lost fog, which I don't quite understand what she means by that, but I think I'd like to be called cabin fever. I live on an island in British Columbia called Denman Island. It's about the size of Manhattan, but only has around a thousand people on it. There are frequent power failures. Is that the island where that dude, the pig farmer, is that the island where that dude, the pig farmer, was uh, killing all those prostitutes? Wait, where did she say she was from? I wasn't listening. <laughs> it's an island in British Columbia, Denman Island. Was the pig farmers in Vancouver. Right. Oh, okay. So it's probably the same province or whatever they have up there. They don't have states I have no in Canada. Idea. <laughs> you know, no, uh, townships. Is it the west side, the east side, uh, Canada? Does it really matter? It's no. Canada. Wait, is it in the good part of Canada? <laughs> Wherever that is. I think it's the part with all the black people. <laughs> Detroit. This is going to be kind of a long email because I'm one of those people who discovered this podcast late and went through every episode in order. It has warped my mind. Well, as a matter of fact, it is a very long email, and I'm I'm going to have to abbreviate it um, greatly. She says, I'm a big fan, but I'm not going to send you a picture of my cunt. What? That's unfortunate. I know. She's not that big of a fan. Well, really what she's saying is she's not going to send a picture of her cunt right now. Yeah, right now. There's always the future. Yeah, (laughs) we always have our hope here. She says, sorry. I'll talk about it, though. Since you guys were talking about the Diva Cup, and you seem to be kind of unenlightened concerning the subject of menstruation, which I kind of take umbrage to that. Dude, I mean, we spoke at length about menstruation on the show. We know that we have to go out and pick up ice cream and chocolate and et cetera. Right. And I think we've dealt 
Yeah, I think we've had our fair share of uh, PMS experiences. Yes, and we've demonstrated our intimate knowledge of all the lady parts. I know. That's why I'm surprised. She says she feels obligated to impart a bit of her female wisdom. I have a diva cut myself. I got it after I heard that tampon companies put powdered silicone in their products to make you bleed longer and use more tampons. Oh, okay. I think she's one of those like tampon conspiracy theorists. Yeah, I was going to say. She has a tinfoil hat and thinks that <laughs> Dick, Dick Chain he flew a nine, uh, you know, a seven forty seven into the World Trade Center. I think Dick Cheney, though, is the guy that's pouring the powdered silicon <laughs> in the tampons. <laughs> They'll never stop bleeding, and my tampax stocks will go up through the roof. <laughs> she says, "I know that sounds like an urban myth, but since I started using my cup." My periods have definitely not been as heavy, which is fucking scary. Dun, 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 dun. This should be a, an episode of the X-Files here. Yeah. Boulders. <laughs> Would you take out my diva cup? Scully, uh, your twat's so big, I'm losing my hand. There's something in there with my hand. <laughs> something touched me. <laughs> Also, I don't use that thing at the end of the cup to pull it out. When you put it in... It How do you pull it out then? <laughs> she says here, when you put it in, it creates kind of a suction situation, much like other things that one might be tempted to insert into other orifices. To use this thing, you must be really comfortable with putting your fingers right up your vagina to get it out, which I am, so that's cool. I guess she enjoys sticking things into her vagina. Who doesn't? It's, it's kind of like removing a contact lens, which is in your um, vagina. A vaginal contact lens. <laughs> the other myth I want to dispel is that menstrual blood stinks. It actually does if you use tampons and pads, maybe something to do with oxygenation. But when it's fresh out of the cup, it's not too bad at all. I think she's saying that because she's a woman. Right. And you know? it's like in the same sense that I enjoy the smell of my own farts. <laughs> it doesn't mean it's a good smell. Nobody else likes it. Yeah, I just picture smoked salmon. Or, you know, the fish section at Safeway. I, I picture smoked salmon that's been left out in a parking lot in July for a couple hours. Yeah, because it's been sitting in there just all warm. Yeah. I have to admit that painting with this stuff never crossed my mind. I'm not much of an artist, so I'd probably just fling it against the wall or something and lose my damage deposit. And no, it's not chunky. It's got more mucus in it than anything else. This is why I'm really glad I don't use pads anymore, because it's really like... Having to sleep with a slimy mess in your drawers all night. Everything gets itchy and sometimes it leaks. It's just fucking annoying. Imagine putting a diaper on, squeezing some honey mustard sauce into it. Now imagine sleeping in that all night. Not cool. <laughs> anyway, I love your show. Um, and she also sent in a song, which for some odd reason I couldn't download properly. Thank you, Cabin Fever, for sending that in. And, uh... I don't know, teaching us here about menstruation. I had no idea that the Diva Cup was so easy to insert. Yeah, I really learned more about the great worldwide tampon cabal conspiracy. I know, you should do a documentary on that. I, th I think that'd be interesting. Actually, go, call it, go, go get Michael Moore to help you out with it. I was going to say, yeah, call it like loose discharge. <laughs> the discharge conspiracy. I don't know. I, I think well, all watch out. You'll have the Tampax people like coming and trying to kill you. Dude, all those CEOs at tampon companies, they're <laughs> evil. I'm telling you, seriously. Mr. Tampax, have you ever seen him? He's got horns. Yeah. Well, he doesn't have like a big white head of hair on top. He's got poopy. <laughs> and one of those rat tails like you see on, you know, trailer park children. Well, I think the powdered silicon that, that he put into the tampon yeah. started the Iraq war. I thought it was his own semen. <laughs> That's what makes him bleed. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. 
Um, thank you, Kevin Fever, for sending that in and for listening to the show. We got another email here from E. He says, I heard you talking on your podcast about how minging the girls are in Wales and England. Minging, I guess, means fuck ugly in yeah. England. Um, he says, how minging the girls are in Wales and England. Why do you think I moved uh, over to San Francisco? Well, here's a proof. Not sure your internet savvy self has seen these already, but I laugh my ass off. And we're going to have to put up a link to this um, somewhere on the somewhere on the site. Crack me up. It was just basically a website that has a bunch of pictures of girls from some club in Stockholm, Sweden, versus a bunch of pictures of some girls at some club in Wales. And dude, those girls are hideous. You saw? Did you see that? I saw it. Yeah, they're hideous. Uh, it's funny yeah. though because we've had. We have some listeners from Wales that have written in and have just been like, you know, our girls are just, you know, we have some of the nastiest birds you've ever seen. Right. And so I don't I, think they all are. I don't know, dude. I mean, compared to the Stockholm girls, these girls definitely paled in comparison. <laughs> I, I'm sure. I that... wouldn't want to be one of their tampons. I'd rather be a tampon <laughs> for the Stockholm girls. Like, if I had to choose where I would be a tampon, it would be in Stockholm, Sweden, right. not in Wales. It's cold outside, but it's all cozy <laughs> up inside the vagina and warm. Right deep in the uterus walls. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it'd be nice. I, I think that probably the ratio of hot to minging girls is probably greater in Wales, but, you know, there's got to be one hot girl there. I'm sure, but the thing is, I bet you there is one hot chick, and that chick looks all that more hot compared right. to the other yeah. minging girls around yeah. her. And every single dude in the entire city is right up her ass all the time. But you know what, though? We invite you to prove us wrong. I don't know how many Swedish listeners we even have, so I don't know. I mean, maybe we should take a poll. Where are girls better looking, in Sweden I'd rather <laughs> in have Wales? Swe- I'd rather have a Swedish <laughs> listener send in some pictures of ugly Swedish girls. All right. <laughs> Actually, I'd rather have the Swedish dudes send in pictures, preferably naked, of their Swedish girlfriends, and dudes from Wales can send pictures to Wackerly of their Wales Welsh girlfriends. Because, dude, didn't Catherine Zeta-Jones come from Wales? Yes. She's hot. Right. So I don't know how much I don't know. No how much behind I the ball this. shots, please. We're gonna have to have <laughs> we're gonna have to have our Welsh listeners either disprove this or prove this for us. But meanwhile, we'll put up a link and we'll see what you people have to say. Thank you, E, for sending that in. Finally, we got an email here from Anchorite. Anchorite writes in: I've heard a version of the overpass amputation suicide that you're talking about in the Christmas episode. Um, the suicide where one would tie themselves off to a building in bungee fashion, the p- tie piano wire around their neck, and then glue one's hands to their head in such a way that the result is an upside-down corpse dangling a few feet above the ground, holding his decapitated head right side up. Right. We got it. That's very involved. Very involved. By the way, one of you lazy lards posted episode 102 as 101. I think that was Wackerly that did that. <laughs> <laughs> Lazy lard. I fixed it, bitches. <laughs> Thank you, Anchorite, for uh, providing that for us. <laughs> Finally, here we are going to end the show uh, with some Cannibal Corpse. Thank you to uh, Keith for suggesting that to us. Here's a song called Butchered at Birth, and I'm going to dedicate this to all pro-lifers that are out there in this country and throughout the world. Anti-abortionists. All anti-abortionists. Why does, why does, why does abortion have to be out of the terms? You're anti-abortion or you're pro-abortion? 
I don't know why choice, it's either pro-choice life, or pro-life. Like, you're, just, you're just clouding the issue. We're not talking about life. We're not talking about choices. We're not talking about value meals at uh, you know McDonald's. We're not talking about sea monkey life. We're talking about abortion. You're pro or anti-abortion. Exactly. But uh, anyway, this cannibal corpse butchered at birth goes out to all the pro-lifers out there. Uh, finally, people, uh, thank you for listening to episode 104 here of Sick and Wrong. If you haven't already, go give us a vote at Podcast Alley. Dude, we have like 70 votes already. We're like, so stoked. Yeah, dude, we're like in the top 10. I just came in my pants. Oh, dude, it's amazing. Seriously. We're still going to get so many hand jobs out of this. <laughs> From ugly Welsh chicks. <laughs> but if you haven't already, go click on the link on our website and uh, give us a phone on Podcast Alley. Stay tuned. We'll be back next week with episode 105. Until then, take it sleazy. Actually, Welsh blowjobs are better because they have less teeth. <laughs>